to the second episode of the Three Dumb Dads podcast. With me today, again, is Ebby, also known as Chris Ebert. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a few different things. We're going to go back on our episode one beer challenge. We're going to talk about the younger generation and the looks that we get with some of the music that we love. So if you are in the, I would say, 28 to 38-year-old range, we're talking the music that you love. You all right? Just had a cough. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about a little college football, a little playoff run, maybe a little bit about that Penn State game this past weekend and how one loss can su- one loss late in the season can suddenly make your year completely terrible. And then we're going to also talk about so, some highs and lows in sports, why we love sports, and how we want to share those sports with our kids. Because it is that time of year. It's the playoffs. It's the beginning of the middle, middle of the NFL season, beginning of the hockey season and basketball season. So it, it's really that time when kind of everything's coming together. So the first thing we want to talk about today is songs that we love, but that generation that's like a step or so below us just kind of gives us a look like why did you guys possibly think that was cool and and <laughs> first the the first song that pops into my head when, when we started talking about this topic and and Abby, i'm going to totally throw you for a loop here yes. len steal my sunshine wow now now this is a song that for me when i hear it I can see I can still see the video. It's that like California skateboard, like it's just a great day and I have no care in the world. I kind of think Tony Hawk, like you know, Tony Hawk Pro Skater on what PlayStation back in the day. Yeah. The uh, original PlayStation. Exactly. And and like that's kind of where I go. So it, it's those songs that that when I, when we hear them take us back to a, a certain place. And and so that that's one that's one of the songs for me that I think if if not necessarily my younger brothers but my younger cousins that are you know maybe five six seven years younger than me and and even the cousins cousins that are much younger or my niece and nephew who are you know sixteen and eighteen you know they're gonna look at me like what this song is terrible uh, so, so what what's kind of the first song we brought this topic up. You know, what was the first thing you thought of? The first thing that popped into my head was Nelly Country Grammar. Oh, wow. I mean, that song is old in and of itself. Um, I think I remember that song in like ninth grade. And I, I, I don't know why. You know, I think it's just the way that song starts, you know, with that, that heavy bass beat right out of the gates. And it's... <laughs> It's very catchy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great party song. Well, and 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 I mean, funny funny story about that song. Um, there's a concert that that comes to Hershey. Well, it's come to Hershey, I think, four or five times now. Um, originally, it was New Kids and Backstreet Boys kind of throwing the the party idea. So already, you know, we're going back. Uh, this past year, or maybe it was two years ago now. Mixtape Festival Ooh. had TLC, Nelly, um, I'm trying to, 98 Degrees was there before, Backstreet Boys were there, New Kids were there, um, I'm trying to think of who else, LL Cool J, Paula Abdul, um, the, the very first year, Kimmy Gibbler was there as like the host, 
Andrea, Andrea Barber is really, really a nice person. Um, totally not the annoying neighbor that 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 she plays. She, she's really nice. We got to spend. I got to spend a little bit of time with her. Um, uh, Aaron Carter was there at one point as he was he's, trying to, you know, have Aaron's party coming back. Um, he is about to have a different type of party in his life. Yeah, well, that happens. <laughs> life decisions, but no. Yeah. Thinking back on that, you know, obviously all that music kind of fits into this into this category too. But Nelly was one of the ones that that we were waiting to hear, and I mean, country grammar was was awesome. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that he did uh, for that show because I mean, it was it was one of those shows where like everything was just electric because it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot he did that song. Oh, I forgot he did that song. Just over and over and over again. So, oh, yeah. I mean, and and that's kind of where we are. Now, if we look at what this younger generation is listening to, which I don't know how much you've he- heard it, but me as someone who DJ, like literally two days ago or three days ago, I DJed a seventh and eighth grade dance. Um, some of the music that they pick it's questionable to put, to put it this way to even call it music. I mean, when uh, you repeat the same word over and over and over again, yeah. um, you know, a black and white animal, like that's not a song. That's you're just you found a word in the dictionary and you just repeated it. Like that was stupid. Oh, I know. But, I always joke around and say, you know, we we could just like you said, pick a word, pick a beat, just say it. Somebody will pick it up. Exactly, and and and. The the only thing that kind of gives me hope is as we were doing this dance, we we were very pleasantly surprised. Uh, my, my friend Seth and I were 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 DJing. We always do them together because that is an event that if you don't have somebody else to bounce ideas off of, you can get lost real quick. But with seventh and eighth graders, because they just are all over the place, but. <laughs> I mean, at one point we played like three of those absolutely terrible new what they're calling rap songs. I, I honestly don't even remember what they were. I could find the playlist if you wanted. But shortly after that, we played three straight songs from Moana. They sang every word. We played uh, Rick Astley, Never Gonna Give You Up. Went they went nuts. Great song. Uh, we played we played Footloose. And they were legitimately dancing like Kevin Bacon. So, like, it's impressive. That's it, impressive. It, it was one of those very eclectic groups that that they danced the entire time, no matter what it was. I mean, they did Thriller. They did, of course, I mean, Halloween dance. Come on, you had to. Um, sure. But I mean, they did Footloose. They they were across the map, and I'm just kind of going, "How do you like this total crap? But you still like this good stuff too. Like, I just don't." get it <laughs> so, so it, it's it's one of those things where I, I love to keep the playlist close because if i do another event i want to have the playlist i used last time because it worked yeah <laughs> because you know it's not music that i'm typically going to play for a wedding like I'm, I'm literally never going to play panda for a wedding at least not for another like 10 years so i mean that the some of that music is is absolutely terrible but that kind of leads us into our second segment. Terrible <laughs> things. Yes. Or shouldn't be terrible things, but you never know what's going to happen with our beer challenge. So, so Evie, what, what do you have tonight as we, as we record this for your, uh, for your beer? I mean, for, for me, I have this awesome Trogues Mad Elf. It's a, it's a year old. We, we kept it for a year and just let it sit. And it takes, it takes a good beer and turns it to a great beer. It's like 11.7%. Um, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, it's honey. It's cherry. It's definitely a, a, a winter kind of heavy beer. But yeah. the, one, one, the one thing to always keep in mind, if you're going to be drinking a beer – that's over 10% and really probably over like, I'd say 7%. 
watch yourself. Really? Uh, I've seen people drink three of these and, and yeah, they're, they're in the bathroom throwing up because it's, it's not, it's not a natty light. It's, it's not the crap beer you drank in college. That was like 2.7%. It's like seven of those. You got to slow down. You got to pace yourself. And, and for me, Trogue's Mad Elf is always a go-to because one, it's local. It's right down the street from me in Hershey. And, and for our first beer challenge, I thought it was appropriate. Yeah, it is good. It's very strong. Like you said, very convenient also for you, you know, being out your place that that was pretty cool to go to that brewery, you know, never been to a brewery that size. I mean, that was, I would say it's, it's a micro brew, but it's anything but micro. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I would hate to see macro if you consider that micro. <laughs> um, no, what? So what, what, did, what did you end up with for tonight's uh, beer? So I went uh, also with a, a microbrew, kind of kind of local to me, kind of not. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's located in Slippery Rock. Okay, so it's kind of it's kind of local. I mean, you're yeah, kind of local, but not. Yeah. Um, so North Country Brewery um, recommended to anybody who is going through the Slippery Rock area. You know, it's a fun place to stop. You know, check it out. But I went with the Station Thirty Three Firehouse Red. Ooh, right. is that, is that yeah. a red? It has a reddish color. You know, um, very malty. You know, it has that like malt taste to it. Very good with steak. Kind of random to throw that out there, but very good with steak. Hey, it, if you pair wines with with food, you got to pair beer with food too. Especially because right. and again, when we're doing this, we're not grabbing just the run of the mill Miller Lite or or Budweiser or Schlitz. It, it we're we're grabbing <laughs> good beers that taste good that that aren't just those national brands. It's 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 those beers that you want to take to your friends that don't live near you. So I think that's a pretty good pretty good first beer challenge. Yeah, I mean, and the good thing with uh, well, the one thing that I like about about the Firehouse Red is. Five percent of the sales are always donated uh, to the Slippery Rock Fire Department, which is very close to it. Wow. Kind of like right down the block from it. So, oh, man. Cool. so it's always helpful, you know, make a yeah. donation to your to your firehouse so that you know if your brewery ever catches fire, they can put it out. I mean, totally, it's, it's a business investment, <laughs> right? And I'm sure firemen like to drink every now and then. I'm I'm sure you would have no idea about it. Mm-mm. None. So again, our sponsor for episode two is True to the End Brotherhood. Brotherhood goes beyond the blood ties of family to the association of those with common ties in life, look, and attitude. Represent your crew with the designs of every lifestyle. Customize True to the End gear to reflect your brotherhood's individual style. Ladies. Don't worry. True to the End Brotherhood also carries women's clothing as well. Check them out on the web at truetotheend.com, on Facebook under Behood Crew, or on Instagram at truetotheend underscore brotherhood. So again, thanks to True to the End Brotherhood for sponsoring our second episode. I see you are uh, recording with your True to the End Brotherhood hat on tonight. Yes. Um, that's awesome. I, I'm really glad that, that we can get their, their information out there. We'll be sharing that up on the uh, on our Facebook page and everything as well. So make sure you do follow the Three Dumb Dads Facebook page. We we put some kind of random stuff on there. It's kind of whatever we find that, that we think is either entertaining or interesting. Or, you know, one of the things I posted this past week, whose turn is it to change the diaper? There's a diagram that determine whose turn is it to change the diaper. So... <laughs> bring us to segment three 
the second half of college football, the playoff run. And, and the first thing that, that I want to bring up in this, I was, I was out, out to dinner the other night and, and saw the end of the Penn State game. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really, I, I thought it was going to be one of those games where Ohio State was going to come back, they were going to score, and, and it was going to come down to did they take up enough time? Right. And really, as fast as they scored, go up one, they missed the two-point conversion. So now it goes from being a, a field goal to tie to a field goal to win. Three timeouts, I think like a minute 40, a minute 50 left, something like that. I, I didn't think there was a chance that, that Penn State was going to end up losing that game. Because yeah. it's it's the end of the game. I mean, if you're a – if you're a team that expects to be ranked that high, you have to be able to finish a game to right. be able to get down and get a field goal. I mean, it, it's just expected at this point. If you're at the Division One level, ranked that high, there's no way with three timeouts and and you know almost two minutes left that you're not right. going to get within field goal range. Especially, and I don't know how much you watched it, but especially after Ohio State made the very odd to me decision to to basically onside kick. I mean it, it was kind of like an in-between squib and onside kick like a you know 15 yard kick on the ground thing. Yeah, it was weird. They gave him the ball like what, the 40 yard line, maybe maybe 38 somewhere around there and I mean so you needed to pick up 20 yards in 2 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean Ohio's day's uh, defense really stepped up. I mean aside from Barkley returning the opening kickoff, which when that happened, I mean, I just basically just threw my arms up in the air in disgust because of how much I don't like Penn State, nor do I like Ohio State. But it was just like, come on. <laughs> like, I know Barkley's good. He's probably going to win the Heisman, deservingly so. But, I mean, Ohio State really stepped up. You know, they, to me, I think they exposed Penn State. I don't think Penn State is as good as people are making them out to be. Don't get me wrong. They are good, but I think Ohio State is more complete. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. I mean, and here's the thing about the whole college football playoff system to begin with. And, and, And I know you and I have had this argument for, well, now probably going on 15 years. I mean, honestly, I, I think we've had this discussion probably oh, since about 2004, maybe 2005. So, yeah. so maybe a little less than 15, but still. It, it, we'll round it, up. In, in, in my opinion, I, I think the playoff should be the, the top 12. Because if you, if you get to the 13 team or the 14 team, yeah, they can be a little bitter about not making the playoffs. But you're going to have the best teams in. And – in all likelihood, they're going to round themselves out that probably your national champion is going to be in the top six, maybe probably the top five at worst. So those other teams getting in still get to claim a playoff uh, appearance and and everything else. And and, in my opinion, that's where I think the playoffs need to go. I think it was the step in the right direction going the way they did, but I don't think it's far enough because – the postseason for college football is what half of the Division One schools. You hit what six wins and you're bowl eligible, and everybody that's bowl eligible gets a bowl. So, well, now, and even even yeah. with that, you know, to that point now, if there's not enough six win teams, they dive into five win teams. So you've got teams both at five and seven that are in a bowl game. The the nobody cares to watch bowl because both teams stink. And, and and that's the thing. I mean, I'm not against giving teams that postseason, that, that extra game at the end, you know, especially for seniors. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a great thing. Um, it's a chance for them to to be on that national stage, even if you know it's only for one afternoon that they're broadcast everywhere, because every one of those bold bowl games is broadcast everywhere. The schools are making a ton of money off of it. It's oh, ridiculous. But, but this year, Penn State went into that game ranked two. Played Ohio State, who was what six, I believe. Six, yeah, six. six. So two loses to six, yep. and is likely now 
out of the playoffs because of that. For a one-point loss to a team four ranks lower than it. Yep. And to me, that's a problem because oh, yeah. you you have too many good teams that if they if if Penn State played Ohio State a month ago, they're probably fine. They get past that they get past that loss. They play the rest the rest of the teams that, that they're playing. And, you know, they they have other quality wins afterwards. And if somehow Ohio State takes another loss or whatever, then it's even less bad on Penn State. But if Penn State's the first, like that's their first loss, and now Ohio State loses again afterwards, it doesn't really matter because they already mm-hmm. lost. Like, the, it it's too much on the teams that lose in the back half of the season, or really even the back two thirds of the season, if you take a loss in the first, what, four weeks, maybe, maybe five weeks, you're probably okay to still make a run at the oh, end. Yeah. If you Ohio take... State. Well, exactly. Ohio State lost to Oklahoma in week three. And, and, and that, and that to me is the problem when it comes to college football right now. I mean, it, 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 if you dropped Penn State to what four five, I don't even think they need to drop that low. I mean, again, you lost a one point game to the number six seed. Maybe you dropped a three or four. To me, yeah, and and they they and dropped Ohio, seven, and and maybe Ohio State moves up to five or four because they beat two. Like like it's not that big of a win to move them. Way high. No. Where did Ohio State end up? So after that loss, Penn State dropped down to seven. Exactly. So they dropped five spots. Ohio State catapulted themselves into the top four. They're in the playoff right now. Playoff start tomorrow. They're in at three. And and that to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Because those yeah. teams in between didn't do that much different. I mean, I don't think Penn State deserves to drop that far for a a loss. And especially when, if you look at, I think I heard the Vegas books beforehand had Ohio State as the favorite, which didn't really make a whole lot of sense. But, I mean, they're playing at home. So, I mean, everybody gets yeah. home a little yeah, bit. And, uh, I know when it came out on Monday, I think it was Monday, it was six. Penn State was getting six, and I think it closed at Penn State was getting. I thought it was eight and a half. Yeah, I think it was eight that yeah. it closed at. I mean, so to me, I mean that that losing by one is still a quality game, mm-hmm. and and I mean I, I've seen a lot of Penn State fans say, you know, at this point, you know, we don't deserve it, this, that, and the other, and it's like, but you kind of do. And and I'm the farthest thing from a Penn state fan. I could care less. And and college football really, to me, I don't really have a team. I, I don't back any, any team a whole lot. I mean, I, I back my wife's schools cause she went to East Carolina, which let's not even look at their record this year. They're, <laughs> they have other problems other than football right now in that athletic department. So <laughs> that, yeah. That's not a team you want to look at their record this year, but but I'm still going to back them. It's where it's where she went to school. I've had a lot of fun at the games down there, and even even in this losing season, their home games are still fun as anything to go to. Um, I wish we lived closer; we we would easily have season tickets because it's just such a fun atmosphere. No matter win loss, win lose or draw with them, they're they're it's a great great atmosphere down there. Sure. And the 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 fun thing in my eyes. Um, with this whole playoff, the way things are going to shake out. So right now, you have in the top four, two SEC schools, two Big Ten schools, both of which are going to play each other, most likely, in their respective conference championships. Two of those teams are going to lose. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how this Final Four really shakes out. I mean, Notre Dame is sitting pretty on the outside looking in no oh, conference championship sitting at number five d- d- does, no, does notre dame 
feel better at, at a five or six spot waiting for those games to happen. That's what I mean. Yeah, they they can I, – I mean, Notre Dame kind of controls their own fate in a sense. I mean, they still got to play Miami and they still got to play Stanford. But it's a guarantee Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, or Wisconsin is going to lose in their conference championship. Or before. Or they- before. Auburn still has to – or, yeah, Alabama still has to play Auburn. Ohio State still has to play Michigan. I mean – well, and, and and again, it's it's like looking at, at any NFC East or, or AFC North games, as as you know, you and I both know, it can be you know for you guys, if Pittsburgh's playing Cleveland, there's yeah. a chance, no matter if it's a, a a Big Ben playoff run, he's looked fantastic all year. It's a division right. game. It's a conference game. You, ne- it, it's truly an any given Saturday situation because because if if it's in the division you never know or sorry in the conference i went back to the nfl if if it's in the conference those teams know each other so well on so many levels that they you've got guys in those games that after four years of playing each other they can look at the the angle at which a, a running back sets his left foot and go, oh, he's cutting out to the right and running this pattern. And this is what, like, they know each other that well. They've studied that much film. They played each other. They know the tendencies. Like, it, it's, it doesn't matter how much, if you're playing a non-conference game, you've never seen them as much as you've seen a conference game. So, I mean, it, it, it's tough down the line. And, right. and well, and, and that's when you have the teams like Penn State, where if, if they sit out and they don't make the conference championship, but they're sitting five, six, yeah, they may end up. Was it wasn't it Ohio State a, a year or two ago that that jumped in after not playing in the conference championship last last year? Well, yeah, last last year. They, they proved you don't have to win your conference to make the playoff. And and to me, again, that's wrong. <laughs> and now here's the thing. I mean, if Oklahoma continues to rise, say they're sitting at five, Ohio State say loses one more game, whether it be conference championship, Michigan, I mean, whatever the case may be, and Oklahoma is left out having beaten Ohio State. Mm. We'll really get to see what the committee wants to see. Exactly. Well, and and that's again, it all goes back to. I, I really think it, with only four teams, follow the money. Which which games are going to give you the best? Exactly. And 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 it sucks that it's that way because that's not the way it should be. And, and again, that's why I think, and, and I'm a big proponent of the twelve team playoff. Yeah, I'll open it up to eight to start. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean. No. If you do, I, th- I think I figured out if you do 12, the top two teams can get a buy mm-hmm. and then everybody yeah. else plays and then you go from there. So th- there is still a benefit of being that top two. And if right. you're three, you can complain about it, but it doesn't matter. You're still in. There's so, enough, there's enough bowl games out there to just slot them in a bowl game. I mean, and they change every year. So who cares? You can go find a yeah. new sponsor. It won't be that hard to go find papajohns.com or, no. you know, Capella University. Who cares? So yeah, somebody's going to sponsor the bowl. I think last year there was a total of like forty-two bowl games. I 42. know. Sending the list. Yeah, forty-two. <laughs> I mean, it's that. That's it's eighty-four teams. Yeah, like if you don't make a bowl, you're terrible. Well, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, how how many teams are there in Division One? Hundred and like a hundred and twenty-one. Like hundred and twenty or something, something like that. So I mean, it's literally. The top two thirds. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that kind of takes us to the next thing that we're going to talk about, and and it's it's the passion that we have for sports, and and I, I think you can hear in the, in the first two episodes of the podcast that that not only are we passionate about sports and, and the teams that we support, um, but we also have a passion for the sport itself, and yes. and having watched. I only got through part of the World Series game, uh, game five. Yeah, that was a late one. It, 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 I was sitting there watching it and going, 
how is it like 1130 at night and it's like the bottom of the fifth like it's not even close to being over at this point i think it was seven four and i'm like well you know it could probably just end here the pitchers end up you know having a good run out and then, you know it ends by you know 12 30 or so you know whatever happens happens but but i mean watching games like that and watching plays like that and a good a good friend of mine seth posted the video of uh the final run last night and the pure passion and in, in it's escaping me and I'm not pulling it up right now. The guy who scored his face after the slide as he comes up and the, the pump of his fist and just the, the raw joy on his face and the jumping into the team and, and everybody realizing the power of that one run now has them one game away from accomplishing the goal they started out months ago and really years ago because as little kids what's the biggest thing that you when you when you're playing in the backyard what's the situation that you give everyone when they're up at the plate bottom bottom nine to a full count you know, it's it's it that that's the that's the want of any baseball player. Bottom of the ninth, two outs, bases loaded, full count. It all comes down to this pitch. What's going to happen? Yeah, that's the end. Now, pers- personally, I've had one of those moments. It wasn't quite as cool looking as what happened on TV the other night. <laughs> the result was the same, and you. <laughs> It's funny. You know how they always tell you, you know, when when you're playing baseball, especially as a kid, oh, it's a, it's a line drive in the book or it's a line drive in the paper, blah, 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 blah. No, it's not always a line drive in the book or a line drive in the paper. Sometimes when you're playing in an adult league uh, firecracker 4th of July tournament in the championship game and it's the bottom of the 13th inning – and it's bases loaded, two outs, and you know this guy's going to try to get ahead on you, so you you go up aggressive and and figure just put the ball in play and let whatever happens happens because I can't be the scapegoat because the last, because we had bases loaded, nobody out the last two guys one popped out and one struck out, nobody can yell at me. I'm going to be aggressive. What do I do? I hit the ball about twelve feet down the third baseline. <laughs> Luckily, I hustled. Guy from third hustle, everybody hustled, the ball stayed fair, and in the paper the next day, it was a top spin swinging bunt single to walk off. Top spin swinging bunt single. Wow. Exactly. They always That's thought, a headline. It's, it's, it's a line drive in the paper. It's a line drive. No, it's a top spin swinging bunt single. I'll have to find it for you and actually send it to you at some point. <laughs> but it's... It, it, the passion in the games and and yep. that's why we love sports and and it was kind of funny as you and I were talking about that about this segment was as we saw the joy and everything in the World Series game today on Facebook you also saw a lot of discussion of the absolutely gruesome in injury in the NFL and oh, yeah. and I haven't had a chance to, to follow up on it tonight did he end up losing his leg? Because I, no. I knew there was talk of it earlier that he they may had to they may have had to amputate because of the the severity of everything, and I'm assuming cutting off blood vessels and everything else. No, so they uh, I got a notification probably about two thirty three o'clock hmm. from uh, ESPN, I think it was. Uh, inside source, Ooh. we'll call it. <laughs> An inside source tells Evie. Meaning ESPN push (laughs) notifications. um, Saying it was successful surgery, I guess. I guess the fact that the team doctors and trainers like recognized the severity of the injury and getting him to the hospital and under the knife as quickly as possible saved his leg. Because I guess the way he twisted his knee, which if you haven't looked it up, be cautious. Don't. It's it's pretty how, bad. 
I'll tell you right now, the only thing that was worse than that is is watching the original one uh, that that happened down in Washington. You know, the, the reason for the blind side. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's probably about the only thing that I've seen that that has made my stomach turn more than than yeah. what I saw on Facebook way too many times today. Yeah, but I guess what happened is it, it like twisted up uh, an artery or like severed an artery, uh, the some big artery in your leg. Femoral. Uh, hmm? The femoral artery. Maybe that might be it. <laughs> that that that's the one in your leg. Um. <laughs> yeah. Successful. His season's obviously done, but at least he has two legs. Well, but, exactly. I mean, it's amazing what you know what you're saying. How I mean, within hours, one guy goes from the highest of highs, and then you see a guy go on the lowest of lows. And and I, and I will say this before we get more into the the sharing it with our kids and and what we are hoping to do with that. I a little personal connection with, I guess a personal connection with the NFL really. Um, but but as you said about the trainers and doctors. Um, my trainer that, that, that we had on, on the baseball team at Cal, uh, Gordon Williams was one of the best trainers that I've ever had athletic trainers that, that he knew his stuff, but he also understood it wasn't just a physical thing. He understood the mental side of, of sports and injuries and, and the, the attitude that everybody had. He's now with the Browns. I think he's their assistant head athletic trainer. And and knowing that that he would be in charge of taking care of these guys in that situation, like if everybody is at his level or higher, like I am supremely confident with with those guys because they are absolutely incredible. And while while you see it on Sunday a lot of them are sitting there with a water bottle and squirting it in players' mouth, and it, and, and it looks like they don't do anything. Those guys spend so much time off hours in addition to practices and training room and everything else. I mean, I remember Gordon telling me, uh, you know, he spent, I want to say, two, three, four weeks having 10 to 12-hour days on top of practice helping guys come back from ACL tears and meniscus tears and everything else. So the backside of sports is one of those things I really wish there'd be some more coverage of. And and I wish on Sundays they'd show them a lot more because the only time you see them is either squirting a water bottle or escorting somebody off the field. And they do so much to get them back on and, and really to, in that situation, recognize the issues and, and long-term problems that could have occurred with a guy not only just, you know, ending his season or ending his career, very well could have, you know, ended his time with two legs. Yeah. So, yeah, right. you know, there's highs and lows, and, and, and we see that. And, and to me, I want my daughter to grow up in a sports environment. You know, do I want her to play soccer? Probably not. I don't really like soccer. It's boring. It's a bunch of little kids running around trying to follow a ball, and it's, you know, a group. Whatever. I don't like it. You loved it. That's besides the point. <laughs> but, but I probably don't want her to play soccer. Probably don't want her to play football. There's kind of a lot of stuff going on with football right now. Uh, may want her to stay away from that. I don't know. I, I She'll make that decision. You know, I'd love for her to play hockey. I'd love for her to play, you know, softball or volleyball or basketball or whatever, whatever she wants to play is, is, is what I want her to do. But just, I want her to be able to learn the camaraderie that comes from sport. And I think that was one of the things that, that, you know, kind of brought, brought, you know, me and you together so much was not just the fact that we were roommates in college and we hung out all the time, but, you know, we played intramural sports together. And while it's not, the the collegiate level sports it's fun but it that's you still have that team you have that you know as as our sponsor says it's true to the end brotherhood if you're not to that point with your team i don't want you on my team it's team first and and for me 
I grew up in that team first mentality. And I know while I didn't play a ton of time on the college baseball field, I contributed to guys getting deals that played in the minor leagues and had their chance to make their way to the show if it would have happened. I helped them get that direction. So that to me is just as rewarding. And now seeing one of the guys that I used to play with literally going around the world, helping poor underprivileged areas get the equipment they need to be able to play sports. You know, seeing Sam DiMatteo do that with the SD project is amazing. And he's down in, in Columbia a month or so ago, took down like a ridiculous amount of cleats and gloves and this and that and the other thing. And the, and the video, um, I'm going to, I'm going to find it. I'm going to post it up on the, on the Facebook page as well. The video from them being down there and, and it didn't matter that they didn't speak the same language because the sport brought them together. And that's what I want my kid or kids down the line, whatever happens, you know, I want them to feel that. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And I mean, I get made fun of uh, by my wife every time we uh, drive past uh, our high school stadium. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I'll tell her, you know, oh, look at that. We're driving past sacred ground, sacred ground. Um, But yeah, she pokes fun at me, but I, you know, I often joke back with her, but sometimes I'm serious saying, you know what, those were some of the best times of my life, you know, just growing up playing sports with the kids that basically grew up with, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, in like youth sports, I mean, you get a click together and you just go by the time you get to high school, chances are you've played the same sport with them for 10, 12 years at that point. Well, and Um, it's not even the guys you play with, it's the guys you play against. Oh Yeah. One of the guys that I played against, well, actually even better, my friend Seth, one of the guys that he played against, and I mean, he's told me this story, God, I swear every time Derek Fisher does anything in the baseball game, I hear about it, but he tells me the story of him pitching, he was, I think, a junior in high school, Fisher, I think, was a freshman, came up, he tried to overpower Derek Fisher, and it didn't work. (laughs) And he threw the ball and didn't look backwards because he knew it was not only gone, it was smashed so far that he wasn't even going to, if he turned around, he probably wouldn't even see it land. <laughs> and, and, it, and it, but it's one of those things where now you hated that guy when you played against him in high school. Yep. But I'll tell you right now, when you're watching him, you know, in the, in the 11th inning or 10th inning or seventh inning of the world series, with a chance to help his team, you are backing him 100% going, I played against him. He was an awesome dude back then. I can't believe how good he is. I'm so happy his career went the way it did. I had oh, a couple yeah. of played against. I mean, I I always feel bad that, that one of the guys that I played against, that if you hit the ball anywhere between the left fielder and the right fielder, you weren't, you weren't making it to the base because the center fielder was catching it. <laughs> When you when you played against Kellen Kulbaki, who who played for James Madison, he led Division One in home runs his I think sophomore year. He got he ended up getting drafted I think forty sixth overall by the Padres. He almost went twenty third overall. They literally told him we have one guy that we want more than you. If we don't, if he's still around, we're taking him. Otherwise, we're taking you. Well, he didn't go twenty third, so obviously. Whoever went 23rd in that draft by the Padres is who they wanted. But, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, I look at that and go, man, I used to keep up with him. Like, we played well to get, like, against each other. Like, that was always a rivalry game. Like, I've known him since I was 10 years old. And I want my kids to grow up with that. And I know you do, too. I mean. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and absolutely. I mean, they can learn so much. They can learn so much from it. Not only – on the field, off the field with, with life. I mean, the, the, biggest thing, the biggest thing to me is I not only learned how to win, I learned how to freaking not only lose, but lose bad <laughs> and lose and lose on my own mistakes. 
you know, we talked about the we talked about in the in episode one that that you know if I was the catcher in that situation and I tried to make that tag early, I would I would have taken that so hard right. that it would have taken my teammates and I know they would have done it, but my teammates would have had to pick me back up after that so that I would have the right mindset for the next game because right. that's how it goes because you have to learn how to lean on your teammates to lean on the people around you when you need it. And that's what sports helps with. If, if coached and, and parented correctly. And and I will say that parented correctly because you have, if, especially, you know, for me, I know there's no way that anybody else is teaching my daughter how to play softball, how to throw, how to hit, how to do anything. And not going to happen. I will do it because I know more about it than any other coach that is going to come around that team until she probably gets to 14, 15, 16 years old. Even then, I probably still know, but there may be coaches that know it better. So growing up, that's going to be me, but it's keeping parenting and coaching separate. And that's where a lot of the problems lie. If my kid's not the best, I'm going to tell her she's not the best, and she's going to go get better all summer, and she's going to be the best next year. But she's not playing just because she's my kid. <laughs> I mean, you, you want to keep, like you said, the, the parenting and coaching separate. It's just like politics, you know, in sports. You know, we all experienced it growing up. You know, the politics, the the neighbor of the coach is going to play. You know, the the mom who is always in the coach's ear. Yeah. That well, kid's going to play. And, 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 and our generation saw enough of that that we're going to go, uh-uh, that's not how it works. Mm-mm. Like, if, if, if I'm coaching, and, and prime example, when I went down and, and took my first job down in D.C., I had, I had the, the softball coach come up to me and said, there's a parent that will come up to you and question any call when his daughter is pitching if 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 it goes against her ERA he will come up and and he will he will question you know that should have been an error or that should that shouldn't be a hit or that shouldn't be an earned run or this that and the other thing. and I look and I look straight at the coach and I said that's fine he may do that one time and then I will shut him down and he will never talk to me again and I expect you to back me on that and he looked at me and goes if you can get if if you can convince him the first time that you're right, I will back you from that point on. There you go. He walked he walked up to me. He asked me a question. I explained not only why or or not only what, but why and backed up, well if this happened then this happened then this happened then this is why it's still an earned run and it goes against her ERA. He goes, thank you for finally really knowing what's going on here. It's, it's great to actually have somebody that understands the game. And I'm going, <laughs> I shut you down. That was the best you could come up with. <laughs> it's, it's, we're, our generation is not going to take the, the, the trophy. Uh, the participation trophies. Yeah, the, like – I, well, Everybody gets a trophy generation. Well, when, when we worked up at camp, you know what those kids said. They looked at us and said, these trophies aren't for me. These trophies are for my mom. <laughs> yeah. they, they knew they were a joke. It's, it's, we sometimes don't give kids credit. They're, they're smarter than they look. Yep. What? Like, you yep. can't assume they don't know. So, I mean, I, I, I think that's kind of you know, where, where we wanted to go with, with this conversation and the highs and lows in sports and why we love it and, and why we want our kids to, to get there because we want them to be able to have the experiences that we had because that's what shaped us and made us able to have some, some pretty terrible things happen. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, life is not easy. Life is not a participation trophy, you know, sport. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> especially when it comes to work. If you don't, things really suck. And when things really suck, you can either try to ask somebody else to help you out and do nothing, or you can, you know, pull back up your pants, put back on your shoes, and you're going to get out there and you're going to do it. And that's exactly what you need to do. And that's, right. I think, what, what I learned from sports. And I, th- I think you're right there too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it 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 helps shape you. And I mean, 
even in work, you know, I always make the comment like to my boss, like, you can tell me whatever, whatever the hell you want. I got thick skin. You know, I grew up playing sports. I've gotten my ass chewed out by numerous coaches before. Tell me how it is. I could take it. <laughs> well, exactly. And and that's the thing is, and if you, it does two things, not only can you take that, you're also smart enough to take the criticism, but also take and 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 I get I get I guess the easiest way to say it is to fall on your sword to to take the blame when it's your fault and yeah. step up and say that's me that was on that that's my fault yeah. I'm gonna take this one help me out we're gonna get past it but that one was on me yeah. because if you right. can't do that and you're blaming somebody else it just turns toxic I agree so I agree. that that is going to bring us to the end of of what I think is actually a fairly long episode for us. Uh, but, but I think we had, I think we had some good conversations in here. So on episode three, Jesus, bring it back the beer challenge. The okay. second, challenge, the second challenge. So, so we'll, we'll already have the beer challenge. The second challenge coming up with a challenge for episode four. Okay. I can do that. I'll give, I'll give you the prep time. I could do that. Awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of episode two. Thank you all for listening and supporting the Three Dumb Dads podcast. Uh, we, yes. we hope you enjoy it. Any feedback you have, please give it to us. Make sure you like our Facebook page, comment on stuff, like our stuff, share our stuff. The more you do it, the more you'll see, and the more you'll make sure that you don't miss anything. We're on, we're on iTunes now, we're on Podbean. We're kind of pretty much everywhere at this point. We're going to still ex- expand where we're at. Everything should upload all at once. But make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Make sure you like our Facebook page. Again, Three Dumb Dads. We will talk to you next time. Later. Later.